Welcome to the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast with Philip Washington, Jr. Today's episode is brought to you by WealthBuildingMadeSimple.us. Today, Philip talks about real interest rates. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now, here's Philip. All right, we are back with another episode of Wealth Building Made Simple, brought to you by Stonehill Wealth Management and WealthBuildingMadeSimple.us. Uh, the news, the WealthBuildingMadeSimple.us is my newsletter. Where, I mean, I'm I'm saying this with as much humility as possible because I feel inspired when I write these newsletters. So it's coming from a, a, a higher source of, uh, of knowing, but like I've been reading newsletters that I wrote, uh, and like the level of focus that I was in and channeled that information to write these different newsletters about what's going on in the economy and currencies and interest rates broken down simply, you know, I read one this morning and I was like, did I write that? You know, it was so, um, you know, so well written and communicated the idea of like uh, what's going on in the, in the economy and how to navigate it well, right? And I know some people are going, that sounds very egotistical, but I'm just saying like this stuff is inspired. I'm, I get in the zone and I write and it's good. So check it out, uh, wealthbuildingmadesimple.us. That is uh, my newsletter. Um, now let's get into, uh, and, and the Stonehill Wealth Management is like, for clients, how I express the ideas of my of what's going on in the form of putting money to work, making bets on those ideas, and making money for clients over time. So today we are talking about real interest rates, right? And I remember when I got into finance and we had all these classes on bonds and interest rates, and I thought it was so boring because I was like, who cares about bonds and interest rates, right? I want to invest in stocks and real estate, and that's the fun stuff. And then I would like look at all these well-known, listened to, followed, you know, fund managers and like all of the best ones understood interest rates. And I was going, man, this is weird. Like, why are they not talking about stocks and stuff? Well, what I learned was interest rates are are like the mechanism that where the market communicates. So you could think about interest rates as like, um, like the news of the market, right? The news anchors of the market. And... Um, they're communicating information that investors need to know in order to make good financial decisions, right? Um, the, and so, and what they're communicating is they're going to be, you're going to be like, oh, that sounds so simple. How did I not miss that? I said the same thing, but they're communicating the interest for money, right? Meaning like, um, uh, if, if, if this company or, or government bond is, is charging a 15% interest rate that's saying that that there's a uh, there's a big desire for money for that entity right um, it's communicating more things too right it's, it's also because you, 
you want there's more nuance, but all things being equal, it also communicates a big opportunity for investments, right? So if it has a high interest rate, it's saying, all right, this entity needs money, right? So then you gotta then you gotta do your work of saying, okay, if they need money and they put it to work productively, right, then that means big returns over time as more people come to it and pushes interest rates down, right? Think of interest rates like a like a seesaw, right? When when they go down, the asset value goes up, it, which includes the bonds, right? The stock, um, which is the derivative of a derivative asset of, you know, um, really sort of, of 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 bonds, right? And so, um, uh, it's just a m- m- more a better risk just a way to play play the equity if you believe in them using money wisely. But it, interest rates communicate. Um, uh, investment opportunities and 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 the and the relative return potential around those investment opportunities um, and so that's important what's also important to note is when markets bec- become manipulated it's very similar to uh, governments that give the news stations their agenda to communicate to the people, right? You know, a famous politician called it fake news, <laughs> you know, uh, fake news. So, like, the interest rates in the current world that we live in are fake. They're not real anymore. They haven't been real for a long time. Um, and the ways that they are manipulated are, like, super subtle, right? Because you have to, like, look at the inner workings of what's going on to figure out how they're manipulated. But I'll give you like an example, manipulating strategies for, for interest rates. And I'll tell you why that's important. Um, the oil, right? So if oil is priced in dollars, and so if you, you know, if if you're a country and you want to buy oil, most of the company, countries are not going to just buy oil and store it because it's expensive, tough, whatever. Um, they're going to like purchase uh, dollars, right, by like, investing in government bonds that that send interest rate payments and a promise to return dollars later um, when you sell it or collect the coupon payments. Um, but if they want, if they say, hey, we're going to need to buy oil for the next 10 years and it's going to cost a trillion dollars, for example, um, but they don't need all the, they don't need all the oil this year, they'll they'll put a trillion dollars into the US government bonds that will allow them to buy oil when they need it because oil is priced in dollars currently. Right, so the, so and now it's set up in the '70s when we came off the gold standard, which was, uh, or maybe early '80s, around the time to help when things began, got smoothed out with interest rates. But it was basically a genius move to increase the demand for dollars. Right, so that was one form of manipulation where it because dollar because oil had to be bought in gold, it tied down a uh, artificial need for dollars, right? And it said, okay, this is information that is communicated in the U.S. bond interest rate market that is not no longer pure, right? Because there's a demand for oil that has to be bought in dollars. And so that's one source of impurity. The next is the regulations. And this is a big one, right? So when you look at like where all the money, like where the majority of the money in the world is, it's in like pension plans, insurance companies, sovereign wealth funds. Those are the largest pools of money. 
And if you go to pension plans and, and insurance companies, uh, they have liabilities they have to meet, right? They got to pay uh, income every single month. They have to pay out claims. And so there's a, there's a, when you do that, um, there's certain regulations about how much of your money has to be in what's considered safe assets, uh, which are which are government bonds or the safest U.S. government bonds are considered the safest, right? Now, some people might say, "Yeah, but Philip, there's people that um, that don't think the U.S. government bonds are safe." Like I'm one of them. But here's the deal: when you have rating agencies that uh, that don't rate based on market rules, they rate based on regulations, right? U.S. government paper is going to have to have the best rating according to the agencies. And so, like, if you're an asset allocator, you got to respect those rules because it's a highly regulated uh, industry, right? So so regardless of what we may individually believe, U.S. government paper, since it's the real reserve currency and and current regulations are going to put that paper as the safest. And so when you're allocating money, um, uh, just so much money that comes in from the pension plans and insurance policies are going to automatically go to U.S. government bonds, which is more buying pressure on bonds, which brings rates down further, right? And people might, and I'll and I explain why the government manipulates rates. Well, after I explain this next one, right? So third one is going to be, then, uh, and this is this is less government manipulation and just more like market sentiment. But when there are when there's chaotic periods of time or time times of lots of change, um, you have people that get fearful and then they want to place money in uh, what they would consider safe assets, right? Because they've bought into the definition of what the system says safe is, and so they. They load up on bond portfolios. They call their wealth managers and financial advisors and say, hey, I want to buy annuities, right? Um, and, and again, annuities are issued by insurance companies, right? Bond portfolios, the safest bonds are uh, U.S. governments, right? The, the, there's a big chunk of money in 401ks and IRAs, the biggest chunk of money, of investable money um, outside of pension plans are, are in those. And so those also get loaded up uh, in government bonds, which brings down the interest rates, of government bonds, right? Which is, which is important because the governments right now are. Uh, let's speak to the U.S., but a lot of them are running deficits, and so if you run a deficit, then you want then you got to borrow to close the gap, and if and if you want to borrow to close the gap, inter- the interest you pay is important, right? So you want that interest to be low. So all these things set in place uh, are designed to help interest rates be lower to help the government pay uh pay their bills right and and that's fine like i'm not you don't hear me making a moral commentary on any of this i'm just explaining the mechanisms of like why the interest rates are, are are not naturally flowing the way they would normally flow given the finances of governments around the world spe- specifically the u.s government because there's other things in motion that don't allow the interest rates to go where they naturally would have gone you know would have normally gone given the information uh, that we have. So as an investor, right, you you have to, you want to be aware of that because what we're taught in finance school is interest rates are going to reflect inflation assumptions, right? That's 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 where this is going. We, we're taught interest rates reflect inflation assumptions. Well, they will normally do that when, uh, mar- when there's no, 
other manipulation involved. But when there's manipulation involved, they don't, right? Because of what I just listed and told you. So you have to think about things differently and be and and calculate like your own real interest rates. And so what are real interest rates? Well, uh, the I'm talking like on your investment opportunities. So real interest rates are like what your return expectation is, which may come like if you're looking at stock, what's the growth of the stock? If you look at a bond, what interest rates the bond's paying, right? And then and then you got to weigh that against your inflation expectations, right? And what when you know money is coming out of a specific asset class, right? I'm gonna call it asset class a currency. Same thing. Uh, money, money from money comes out of an asset from sophisticated investors who, who uh, self originate their interest rate interest rate assumptions. Right? They don't watch the news. Right? They don't watch the fake. Like I don't watch the news because I understand it's manipulated. I don't look at the. I don't. I don't um, blindly take the interest rates that are told that are there because I understand the manipulation behind the scenes. So I go, all right, what are inflate? What are inflation rates? What are the interest rates? And then let me figure out what the real interest rate is so I can know whether I want to invest in this asset class or not. So let's look at the example of U.S. government uh, bonds, right? You can buy a 10-year treasury bond right now, which means you can loan the government money uh, right now at 4.17%. And so then you go, oh, cool. I got some money. got a million dollars. I can, you know, 4% of a million dollars is... Forty thousand dollars a year, right? That sounds that sounds pretty respectable. I can get forty thousand dollars a year, but then, but what matters is okay. Now, what are your over that decade? So you bought the million; they're going to pay you that. Here's the deal: over the decade, what is inflation going to be, right? Because it's not communicated in that number. We just talked about why it's not communicated in that four percent. It's it's separate because that number is being um, pressured down by other things. Well. I mentioned in a previous podcast, I expect inflation to be somewhere around 12% a year at least, right? And that and that comes from, um, be, because inflation is the the rate that money is devalued. Um, that's, that's, you know, that is what inflation is. And so, uh, and money is devalued at the rate that money is, is, is created through lending and without going super nerd, I just look at the how much money the government's going to have to borrow in the current currency to cover their deficits based on how much they've been borrowing, right? And and project that out, right? So 12% is my minimum. So then you go, okay, 12% minus, or you go 4% minus 12%. So my interest rate minus my inflation rate equals the real rate. So you go, wait a minute, that math is negative. Yeah, 4% minus 12% is 8%. So then, so then, so so that so you go, yeah, like I don't probably don't want to hold that currency because it's not going to hold my purchasing power, right? Real rates could, could real rates communicate what your purchasing power is likely going to be over that, or it's going to be over that time if your projections are right. And so, yeah, so so when you buy a U.S. government bond at four percent and you think inflation's at twelve. Then you're basically saying, yeah, I'm gonna guarantee lose eight percent a year, which means your purchasing power is chopped in half in about uh, nine years. Is that what it is? Nine years? Yeah. Um, and so that's probably not a great idea. Then you go, all right, well, I want to buy annuities, right? 
I mean, those are maybe paying seven, eight percent, but you're still down. Um, and so then you start, then you, then you start learning. Okay, I got to really, really get really good at valuing companies and valuing opportunities because I need these. I need my investments to at least jump the inflation hurdle to get where I want to go. And, and so that's what like sophisticated investors do is they go, I have to understand the noise in the market, and I got to be able to sort through the noise in the market. And I'm giving you like the breakdown of like the noise in the dollar-based system, um, and and is why you see companies like Apple being valued so much, Meta being valued so much, Microsoft being valued so much, um, um, the, the Bitcoin being valued so much. Um, all 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 of these companies that when you do evaluation on them, and you look at like their growth rate. Uh, and really, you, I start thinking of those companies outside of like their out of the dollar system because it's more of like how much, you know, what's the rate of commerce going to grow at on these platforms, on these places, right? Um, and you, it, caught, it forces you to imagine what the world's going to look like a decade from now and go, man, like, like the majority of commerce is going to be done on Meta, Apple. A lot of people are going to be driving Teslas. Bitcoin's going to be the central of the new financial system that people are operating on, um, you know, around the world, right? The base, the base collateral, right? More people are going to be buying stuff on Amazon. Um, you, know, you, ha- you 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 look at you 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 think about where the world is going, and then you go, all right, um, understanding that. Now you know why these valuations to some people might look crazy, but it's more like you, you, you can't you you can't look at the valuation solely in like dollar terms, right? Because like their stock is a separate currency, you know what I mean? Um, because currency is just the movement of value, and I, and I talked about that in a previous episode. And so I don't want to go too far down there. I hope I did before, but the returns of uh, Steve just pulled up for me uh, the one-year returns of the different asset class I just talked about, um, the different you know currencies, if you will, I talked about over the last 12 months, and it's Bitcoin's 94%, Meta about 179 Apple 39 Tesla 65 Amazon 63%, Google 56%. But those, those returns are representing like people flocking out of asset classes that have a negative real return projected and into asset classes or currencies uh, that are more positive. And that's going to continue to accelerate, right? Because um, allocators understand what's going on, and a lot don't. And, uh, yeah, there's going to be a big separation in net worth over the next decade for those who are looking at interest rates in a silo and believing the fake news. So hope this helps. Until next week, y'all enjoy yourself. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.